you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. great team. This is a hardworking group of people, and uh, through the middle of everything that is going on, we are constantly, constantly seeing them come through, and thank you to all of our leaders, our music team, all of those that are making our online service uh, happen. Thank you so very much. It's such an honor. I, uh, matter of fact, the, the, the calendar kind of slipped up on me. And it wasn't until this morning, just a little while ago, I happened to look at the date and realized that 17 years ago today, as a matter of fact, yesterday, it was the 25th, I believe, of April, in 2003, my wife and I and our three very young sons uh, rolled back into Frankfurt and accepted the role of pastorate of this church. And so we celebrate 17 years today. And uh, thank you, CLC, for 17 wonderful years of ministry. And I look forward to what God has for our future. Amen. I believe our future is greater than our past. And I know God is going to do wonderful things in our future. I'm looking forward to being able to come together with all of our church members again and be able to worship the Lord, and um, we're just, we're believing that God's going to open an opportunity for us to be together very soon, and uh, we're just praying on that wise, be praying, and be faithful, remain faithful. We're learning to be faithful, to walk by faith and not by sight, and so these are trying times, these are uh, difficult days, we, we understand and what we're seeing, of course, happen uh, in the world around us and so many people whose uh, faith is failing and who um, may be given up in the middle of all of these troubled times uh, makes us know that we need the Lord. And if you've got the Lord on your side, you're gonna see, He's going to see you through. And you're going to get through this because God is on your side. And so that's, uh, that's the key is that we have to have God on our side. And He's with you. He's for you. 
He's not against you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's with you. And uh, we rejoice in that fact today, knowing that God is with us and on our side. I want to open the word of the Lord today. Genesis chapter 26. I have been working very hard, feeling that God has been directing me weekly uh, to bring something that is timely. And if I miss an oratory ability or any other area, I want to be timely with the word that I'm bringing and be sensitive to the moment and to the hour in which we're living. And I believe the Lord directed me here uh, this week. And I want to open this passage to you from Genesis chapter 26. Thank you to all of our online listeners, those that are listening in our area and from around the world. We're getting reports of people that are listening all around the world. And uh, as a matter of fact, just comment where you are, where you're from, where you're listening from. Go ahead and put a comment so we can rejoice in that. So thank you for watching. Genesis 26, verse number 1. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I tell you thereof. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. And I will bless thee, for unto thee... And under thy seed I will give all of these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Drop down to verse 12 with me, if you would. Then Isaac sowed in the land and received the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I want to bring you a word that I believe is fitting for this season, this time in which we are in. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to speak to you today from this subject, sowing in a time of famine, sowing in a famine. Lord, speak to your people today. Let the hearts of men be touched by your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe maybe there is a reason uh, when it seems that we are being pressed to just kind of stay in our place and uh, we're being urged to remain at home and we try to make sense of a lot of these things and some things we do and some things we we don't necessarily understand everything. It it can be difficult and I I recognize that and and these concerns are very real. Um, There's so many different opinions that are in the world but in prayer, in trying to make sense of of everything that is happening, uh, whether we should uh, move forward or remain where we are. All of these are are legitimate questions and concerns and so many uh, emotions that are attached to them and feelings that are attached to them. And and I echo words that that I heard a few weeks ago that uh, that this this season of, of warning and separation could be This cure could be worse than the illness itself. And so we, of course, have concerns in in all of these things. But maybe the reason that we go through seasons, and I know none of us, I don't believe any of us alive today, uh, 
particularly in generations that are anywhere close to me, have ever faced what we're facing today. This is an unusual time. This is, this is an unusual season for all of us. And maybe that I don't believe that God brings these things on us unless he has a purpose and he has the ability to do that because he's God. But I don't believe that God is bringing these things on us. But I do believe that God is allowing the church to go through this season uh, for a purpose. And he always will make something good out of it. And while we don't understand, God has a purpose. But maybe if we're feeling stuck, we're wondering what's going on, maybe... God is trying to bring us to a point that he is not having to shout above the noise of our lives and trying to get over uh, the noise of our jobs, our hobbies, our families, our, our normal life and causing us to retract into a point. I don't know about you, but I've realized uh, in the last five or six weeks, I've realized how much I can do without and survive. And I've also noticed how much I can do without and even thrive in new areas of my life that maybe I have allowed to let go. Could all of this be part of God's design for the church and for every one of us individually? Could God have, have allowed this season to slow us down and cause us to pay more attention to the opportunities that we are afforded every day? The people that we are maybe communicating with that, that we would have taken for granted at times before. Maybe to draw families closer together. So he simply, perhaps... God simply maneuvers us away from the crowds and the entanglements and the dreams and the hopes that we had that were too connected to the world and, and this life. And some of us have gotten our eyes off of the real purpose and off the real thing that we ought to keep our eyes on. The Bible tells us to keep our eyes on the prize that is set before us. And maybe we have gotten our eyes off the right, the wrong, off the off the right things and onto the wrong things. And God has allowed us to go through this season where we are being forced to focus and realign some thinking and some thoughts and, and some vision and be more in line and in tune with what God is wanting to do in our lives. In the darkest moments of famine often comes the whisper of God giving you words that will lead you to a place of destiny. Famine, I said, yes, I said famine because famine often was brought by by natural disasters or by plagues or by drought. Whatever it is, it's, it's a season similar to what we are in all through the Bible. You read of times of famine. This in the Bible would be a time of famine, of biblical proportions. We are seeing and living out some of the same emotions and feelings and, and, and situations of, of the heart that men would have dealt with in Bible days. In these dark moments of famine, 
God comes along and here comes the whisper of God leading us to a place that is aligning us with the real destiny that God has for our future and the things that you feel you have lost by remaining faithful and staying in the land that God has put you in and God has established for your future. Maybe when we emerge from this time of famine, we are going to emerge better than we have ever been personally, spiritually, physically, and I don't even know about financially, but God always has a way of taking care of his faithful people. I feel I've heard from the Lord today, and I promise you that the roar of the crowd will never be more powerful than the whisper of God. And when God whispers a word in the middle of the famine in your life, take note, pay attention, because God will whisper a word to somebody. Maybe you're listening online today and you're looking for a word. Listen, it may not be the loud roar and the scream. It may not come from the roar of an organ. It may be in the still, small voice that God whispers in the wee hours of the nighttime of confusion in the middle of famine, but God gives direction that, charge, that charts the course for your future. Sometimes not rolling with the crowd can appear to be lonely, but God, maybe God is wanting some alone time with us. The only time I can find when the Lord directly promised a hundredfold return on a harvest, was when God told Isaac in our text to stay put. Don't go down to Egypt. Remain where I've placed you. Don't go down to Egypt. Stay, sojourn, or in other words, don't make this a residence that's going to be permanent for a lifetime, but Prepare yourself to spend some time here. Don't build a brick home, but at least build a, a, a temporary shelter where you are because I have a plan for you. In other words, when you get in the middle of famine in the land where I have placed you, don't just squander time away. And let time just pass you by and sit and twiddle thumbs. I'm speaking to the church today to tell you that God is saying while you're here, why don't you go ahead and plant in the time of famine because there will be a harvest and it will the harvest is what is going to bring you out of the famine. The harvest has to come before the famine is resolved. And so therefore, I bring you this message today, sowing in a time of famine. Isaac sowed his seed during a time when nobody was reaping a harvest. They weren't able to reap a harvest. In fact, he sowed his seed during a time when many of God's people were fleeing to Egypt due to the economic hardships that were in the land. But as others were fleeing to Egypt, God spoke a word to Isaac and told Isaac, Isaac, don't follow the crowd, but I want you to remain in the land that I have placed you in. In the midst of famine, I have put you here for a purpose. Hear the word of the Lord today. 
in the middle of all of the chaos that is going on in the world and in the middle of all of the disputes and the who's right and who's wrong and who's to blame, stop in the middle of it and recognize that God has placed the church because it's his church that he purchased with his blood and he owns it. He placed the church right where we are. Now he's saying, go ahead and start planting seed in the middle of famine because I have a plan and a purpose for there to be a harvest in due season and you're going to reap if you faint not but no God has allowed the church he has allowed you to be where you are for this hour let's stop questioning God he's put us here for a purpose in the natural it didn't make any sense I'm sure Isaac didn't understand everything that God was telling him when God spoke to him I'm sure some of us have had God speak to us and we wondered, God, what are you really saying? You've heard a sermon and thought, I need to apply it to my life, but this is making no sense. But the Lord is saying, go ahead and create an application to this. How could God bless him in a time that nobody else was being blessed? How could God bless you in the middle of a time that the whole world is falling apart because God came to give us peace that passes all understanding. He came to give you hope that the world cannot understand. He came to give you joy that the world does not have. It is the way God is in times of our troubles. Had someone tell me this week that God has been blessing them and their family in great measures. He said, we didn't even know where it was coming from. And he started naming it. He said, it was this blessing and there was that blessing. And then there was that blessing. And, 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 and he said, blessings are just coming from, from, from all over. I'm going to tell you why blessings are coming into that family's life. Because I happen to know that family well. And I won't call names today. But I'm going to tell you that the reason that God is blessing them in a time when others are not being blessed in the time of famine is because I know the sowing that that family has been doing in times of personal famine and hardship and struggle and building a church and raising a family yet God in the middle of all has been faithful to them and kept them and here while the rest of the world is going I don't know what I'm going to do God is saying I planted you there I placed you there you've been faithful you've been teaching Bible studies you've been praying you've been laboring here you go. Here's blessings for you in time of trouble and need and sorrow and grief and pain. That sounds like God. And I have a feeling that many families that are listening online today have been sowing while others are scared out of their mind. And running for the hills, you're remaining faithful. I, I, I just want to tell you, God is always faithful, but he is particularly sends blessings to those who were faithful to him in time of trouble and need. Even though it seemed impossible, God did exactly for Isaac what he promised that he would do. He blessed Isaac in measures that were greater than Isaac had ever been blessed beforehand.
God told him, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you for to you and unto your seed I'm going to give all the countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham your father. In other words, God tells Isaac, if you will be faithful in this time of famine and you'll sojourn in this land, if you will live in this land, I'm going to give you promises that I never really promised you, but I promised your father. I, I promised generations before you. Come on, CLC. I'm coming to tell you we're, we're talking about a harvest. We're talking about growth. We're talking about revival in times of trouble and the people are going, oh my, how is this going to happen? I'm going to tell you how because there are some people that have been faithful Faithful to God through storm, through trial, through trouble. When, when, when the rest of the world is folding, we're standing strong. That's how God sends revival. This wasn't the promised land that he was in. Isaac obeyed the voice of God and remained, watch this, in the land of the Philistines. The voice of God came and said, don't go to the land of promise. Remain in the land of the Philistines. Wow. See, sometimes we're like, oh, God, get me out of this. Get me, get me through this. I want out the other side of this. And the Lord said, no, I, I put you right where you are. Somebody said, well, I, I don't understand. And there may be things that we don't fully understand. And I have some questions that I would like to ask. Others around the country are able to have parking lot services. Yet we've been told that we couldn't. And, 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 and we're not understanding clearly uh, all of these things. And it, it creates some questions. And we, and we wonder. And people are saying, well... Uh, I don't fully understand, but this much I know. We're being faithful to God in times of hardship and trouble and maybe even some oppression that is in the middle of all that. Yet God is being faithful to the church and God is blessing the church in time of trouble. Isaac wasn't in the promised land. He was in the land of the Philistines. And then God tells him sojourn in the land. He didn't tell him what to do. He just said, I want you to prepare to spend a little time in the land. And so you know what Isaac decided to do? He decided to do what God did not command. God put a little, put a little uh, confidence and faith in Isaac. He said, sojourn in the land. Isaac said, yes, Lord, I'm going to sow in the land. Pretty cool, huh? God said, I want you to prepare to stay in the land a little bit. And Isaac's like, if i got to stay in the land a little bit, I'm going to be sowing. Oh, I hope you get what I'm preaching to you today. Right where you are, you need to be sowing. There is a world that is hungry. There are people that are hurting. There are people this week, there are people that feel like they're losing their mind emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and even intellectually in the middle of all the chaos. Sow in the land. 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 Because when we come out the other side, it's the harvest that's going to make it worth it all. So Isaac sowed in the land where nobody else was sowing in time of famine. I'm sure people laughed at Isaac and watched him sow in the land and in the natural that they thought this will never be able to produce a harvest. Why would Isaac sow in a land when nobody else was sowing? Because Isaac received a word that nobody else received. Isaac sowed because he received a promise of an inheritance 
of something that God promised his father. If Isaac had not sowed in the land, he would have never reaped the harvest. God told him, sojourn in the land. He sowed and came the harvest. You, the law of sowing and reaping. He would never have been able to sow. It is a law. God put the law into motion. He would have never reaped what he did not sow. The, the law of sowing and reaping. We try to turn it into a negative. And every time somebody does something to us, we say, oh, they're going to reap what they sow. They will. But the same is true in the natural, in the spiritual, and in the positive. You're not going to reap a harvest that you're not sowing. If you want to reap a good harvest, you're going to have to sow some good seed. And while God is saying, here you are in the land of famine, now what are you going to do? Somebody needs to say, I'm going to be sowing some good seed. I'm going to be planting some good seed because in due season the harvest is going to come and I will reap a good harvest. This week, the last couple of weeks, Families that have been hurting. We've dealt with death. We have dealt with sickness. We have friends that are in the hospital rooms today. We have church members that have been sick, that have been afflicted, that have been going through it. And you know what the church is doing? The church is coming through. The church is being faithful. The church is taking meals. The church is reaching out. Some not even faithful members of our church. Some in the community. And yet the church just keeps reaching. We just keep planning. We just keep reaching out. Some Somebody says, I have a need. The church says, what can we do? Here in time of famine, really? You're wanting to be a blessing in time of famine? Absolutely. Because when you sow in times of famine, you will reap and it will be a time of joy. It will be a time of joy. Weeping may endure, but for a night. But get ready. Joy's coming in the morning. Your family's going to be saved. Your loved ones are going to be saved. The revival's coming to the church. Growth is coming to the church because we plant in time of famine. God didn't tell him to sow. He sowed and he stayed. God told him to stay. Sojourn. But he planted. There's something to be said about seed that you sow during hard times. I've watched our church members. I've watched how, how, you've, how you've been faithful to God. Faithful in your finances, faithful in other things, faithful in, 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 in every, in, in all aspects. I was meeting this week asking, how are we financially? Thank you, CLC, for your faithfulness in giving. Sister Cheryl told me all the bills are paid. Everything is moving forward. We're good. We're not lacking anything. That's the faithfulness of God. That's the faithfulness of God. Come on, we ought to rejoice in that. People are being faithful. They're still planning. They're still paying tithing. They're still giving in offerings. They're still supporting. We haven't dropped our missionaries. We're still being faithful. We're still doing what God said do. And, we're, and we know that we'll reap if we faint not. So Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold. A hundredfold. That means a hundred percent. Not one seed that was sowed did not produce. Think about that. 
We have investors in the church. We have people in the church. You know, you know what, and, and you, you know how this works. I'm, well, I'm gonna, you know, I understand that this may be a risk, or you know, I'm gonna reach out to this person. Here's what God did for Isaac, because God told him, if you'll stay, I'll bless you. You stay and sojourn, I'll bless you. And so he sowed in the land based on the promise of the blessing of God during the time of famine. He stayed, and then he went above and beyond God's requirement, and he 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 sowed, and then God. God blessed him a hundredfold. Think about it. Not 30, not 60, but a hundredfold because of the blessing of the Lord. And remember, they're in the middle of famine, and yet Isaac reaps the harvest. This is the only time that I find God promising a hundredfold revival, a hundredfold harvest. But we need to add a little twist to see what it is. God, I believe, wants to bless his people in the midst of hard times with more than enough. God wants to show himself to us. Remember, one of the names of God is El Shaddai, which means the God of more than enough. I want you to get that today. He is the God of more than enough. Can I ask you a question? Could it be that Isaac had something to do with the hundredfold harvest? Of course he did. He could have just said, I'm doing what God asked me to do, and I'm not doing any more. I'm going to stay where God told me to stay, and I'm going to stay here content. I'm going to sojourn in the land. But Isaac went above and beyond what God was requiring of him. Some folks get saved, sanctified, set free, and start looking for the minimum requirement of what do I have to do just to get by. And then they wonder why their life is not blessed, and their family's not saved, and their ministry's not growing it's that's why because they're getting they're trying to get by on the minimums but when people start saying I'll sow in time of famine hey this is no time for the church to be disengaged we need to be reaching out like never before we ought to be doing more than ever before we ought to be finding ways to connect we ought to have some zoom prayer meetings going on this week we ought to have some zoom outreach happening this week we ought to be getting together and saying what can we do every week way we can. We need to sow the word. We need to sow with our witness. We need to be reaching our friends and family and neighbors. I was in a fine eating establishment some time ago and ran into a man I haven't seen in a while and he called me over. He said, I got to ask you some questions. Sit down right there. Kind of commanded me and so I pulled up a chair across the aisle from him and I sat down and he asked me a question. He said, I don't understand. He said, you guys built this church building, and he said, you're just thriving and growing, and all these things is happening. He, starts, he said, how is this when mainstream denominations are in decline? And he said, nobody's building churches today. He said, I, what, what is it that you folks are doing that others are not doing? And I just looked at him and said, well, you need to just come and visit church, be part of it, and feel what we feel. He, I said, it's just there's something that God is doing in the church through his spirit. I'm going to tell you what it is. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what it is. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. It'll change your life. It'll turn you around. The power of the Holy Ghost will break the addiction. The power of the Holy Ghost will cause people that are sitting on the fringe to get fired up about what 
God is doing. The power of the Holy Ghost will change your life. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. You need him uh, working in your life. That's the difference. The world is tired of dead, dry, boring religion. They are ready for something that is real, something that changes life, something that God will do in your life that nothing else can do. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. There is one thing that I noticed about Isaac in the scripture. He was always digging wells. You got to get this now. Watch this. Isaac's always digging wells, digging out old wells, digging new wells, having his servants dig wells. Obviously, they were in time of famine. There was no rain, and perhaps that's what was causing the famine. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, help me understand perhaps how Isaac was blessed in this time of famine because we always see everything so mystical in Scripture that it's just God did it. And he did. God did it. But he often brings the miracle through the sowing of your labor, your work, your giving, your effort. So I asked the Lord, Lord, did you cause it to rain only on Isaac's crops and nobody else's? I mean, I heard a story as a kid growing up. My father pastored a church in East Texas, and he stopped by and uh, a family that was depending on the crops that the crops to grow. Uh, they, they said, if, if we don't get rain in the next 24 to 48 hours, we're going to lose all of our crops. And my dad uh, certainly did not consider himself a prophet. And uh, he, he just looked at the gentleman and he said, it's going to rain by, tomorrow, by this time tomorrow. And he thought, what in the world did I just say? And so he goes to God in prayer and starts praying God send the rain. That afternoon, it clouded up and rained. It didn't rain anywhere else, but right where that farm was, God sent a rain right there in East Texas on those crops because the man of God spoke a word of faith and God did it. I don't understand all of that, but God has the ability to do it. But I'm not sure that's what God did for Isaac. I know he's perfectly capable of doing any kind of miracle he wants, but the silence in the word of God regarding how those crops grew is almost deafening. The word is not usually very timid in telling us about the miracles of God. As a matter of fact, it's usually very bold in telling us things like Aaron's rod that budded or the river became blood. Or the Lord caused an east wind to blow to roll back the waters. But regarding Isaac's bumper crop, it simply said Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. That's all we get? I need more information. I want to know more about what it is that God is. God doesn't really give us a clue into how this miracle crop grew in time of famine. One day the Holy Ghost drew my attention to the many occurrences in Genesis where Isaac 
is always digging wells and digging out old wells and having his servants dig wells. In Genesis 26, the Bible said, and Isaac digged again the wells of water. In, in, in 18 and 21, the Bible said, and they digged another well. In Genesis 26, 25, and he built an altar there and called the name of the Lord. And there in verse 25, the servants dug a well. And then in, in verse 32 of Genesis 26, it came to pass that the servants came and 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 told him concerning the well which they digged and he said unto them to, to he said unto them we have found water watch now i didn't i didn't know what to make of all this for a while and then suddenly i realized isaac's seed produced crops during times of drought because perhaps some of Isaac's sowing was more than just walking along and casting some seed up on the ground. But maybe it was the laborious task of digging wells, digging out wells, putting his servants to work digging wells and digging new wells until they struck water. But when they struck water, they then had water to be able to irrigate the crops. That's perhaps how Isaac reaped a harvest during a time of drought and famine. So the question, what are you doing in times of famine? What creative idea do you have to reach your world, to reach your neighbors, to reach your friends? Hey, it may be laborious. It may be, well, I'm just going to sit back and wait on it to pass. It will. And when you come out the other side, there may not be a harvest for you. But if you'll find a way to engage and begin to labor and work right now, just as God told Abraham the children of Israel would go into slavery for 400 years, he also declared that he would bless them with great substance the blessings of his father now becomes the blessing of the son. Come on, some of us, our grandpas and grandmas prayed prayers that they never saw come into fruition, maybe because they never lived through COVID-19. Here we are in the middle of COVID-19, and the Lord is saying those prayers that they prayed back then, I'm going to bless you with a harvest on the end of this thing. It's going to come to pass. The blessings are going to be passed down to you. I'm going to close quickly. The scripture said the Lord brought them forth with silver and gold and there was not one feeble, feeble person among their tribe. Psalm 105. God literally gave the children of Israel favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now I don't know about you but I'm not afraid to sow in time of famine. And, and if, you want to, if you want to harvest we're going to have to sow in time of famine. And if we're going to reap a harvest, we're going to have to ensure that we have done everything that we could possibly do. Watch, watch this. God told Elisha to tell the people to dig a valley full of ditches. This valley happens to be in a desert. Think about that. In a valley, in a desert, in a drought and the prophet of God says dig the valley full of ditches because the Lord is going to fill them with water how is that possible how could God do such a thing because he's God but the issue is the amount of water that they had for irrigation 
was based upon the amount of digging they did in preparation before the water ever came. So all of your sowing in time of famine is setting up for the blessing that is going to come as the famine comes to an end. All of your, all of your sowing, all of your work, all of your labor, it is not in vain. Hear me today. God is speaking to the church. He's calling people today. Why don't you start sowing now? If you haven't been, you need to be sowing. Let me speak to somebody today. If you are not walking where your faith is truly intact, if you're not, if you don't know that you know that you're ready, you ought to repent of your sins today. You can repent where you are, or you can call the church. You can comment online. We'll meet you right here and pray with you right here at the church. We'll baptize you. We have robes and water ready. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name and His promise promise of the infilling of his spirit belongs to you and he'll pour it out upon you and you can live in this world and live with the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life. Come on, we got to sow in this time of famine. We got to sow in this time of famine right where you are. Why don't you just close your eyes and lift your hand and make a commitment to the Lord. Why don't you just pray right in your living room. Pray right where you are. Make a comment. We'll reach out to you. God wants to do something for you in time of famine. Come on, we're going to sow in time of famine. Why don't we just begin to seek the Lord today? Seek the Lord for a moment Till it Come on, make it your prayer. Oh. 